Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves. And of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit. Whatever the fuck that means. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Chrissy, and today... I have a very special guest, Patrick Herringer of Finley Movement. Hello, Patrick. Hi. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. It's a beautiful day outside. It has been the best day. I played golf this morning with my dad at like uh, 8 o'clock this morning. It was perfect. Wow. I know. I ran into my neighbor at the grocery store, which is so bizarre. He like called out to me across the aisle. Hey, neighbor. I was like, (laughs) please don't talk to me in the grocery store. But the first thing he's like went into is like how great the weather is going to be this week and I'm like yeah that's awesome I'm going to be working all day inside he's like retired he's like always putting around in the back and I'm just like I know this when this weather is the way that it is it makes me hate working so much more yeah I get it yeah and I feel like weather is super high on the list of things that your neighbor is going to talk to you about especially if they accost you in the grocery store you know I love talking (laughs) about the weather though I know it gets a bad rap that people are like this is just a small talk stupid conversation but honestly it's like our one shared like let's fucking talk about it it's so important (laughs) we're all living in this and it's Cincinnati so it's going to be different every day yeah yeah right you can't do that in a lot of you can't do that everywhere you can't talk about the weather in LA it's always the same so I don't know I'm pro weather chit chat all right well, we just did about three minutes on it, so I hope everybody else is too. You're right. This is time to get to the <laughs> real reason why you're here. Um, okay, but first, before we do that, give a quick little background. What do you do? What are you a part of? What are you passionate yeah, about? Yeah, so um, I am co-owner and director of coaching at Finley Movement, um, formerly CrossFit 513 United. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're located just across the street from Finley Market. We've been there for about a year after being down on 4th Street for uh, almost six years Yes. prior to that. Yeah. Um, co-own it with Sarah, my wife, and yep. uh, she's the GM, runs the place. Everyone knows Sarah Jenkins. Talked Everyone about her a Sarah million Jenkins. times. Such an incredible woman. So strong. So smart. Okay, go on. Yeah. Um, so we have, like I said, been there for the last year coming out of the pandemic. Uh, we took the time when we were shut down to reevaluate everything that we had done previously. Mm-hmm. Um, Sarah came on board full time when, when unfortunately, as you know, you know, when the original method closed down. So after we closed her spot, she came in, we kind of put our heads together and, you know, it it wasn't a super difficult decision, but we decided she was going to run the place and be the GM. And that's been one of the best decisions we ever made. Oh yeah. So, uh, I jokingly say that I'm head coach and mascot now. So, uh. But, nice. you know, so that's, that's it. But we are, we're a CrossFit gym that um, I think uh, does a really good job of uh, producing incredible levels of fitness in mm-hmm. everyday folks who, 
you know, some have been athletes, some haven't. And then uh, I think we also do an outstanding job of bringing people into uh, a life of fitness, even if they haven't ever been there before. Yeah. Um, we coach the shit out of you. Yeah. No, so. you guys are like, like the gold star, ultimate highest platinum level coaches, in my opinion. For sure. It's, I it's love what we try out. to do. Yeah. 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 It's our thing. No, it's incredible. Uh, I'm going to have Sarah on, too, coming up, and she's going to talk. I want her to talk about what she's been up to. But this episode is not going to be around fitness. This episode is going to be around the dreaded D word. Not death, but in my opinion, comes shortly, quick, just after <laughs> just that, after. as an experience that one has to go through, and that is Divorce. Divorce. Here you are. Now, we know that you're currently married to Sarah Jenkins, right? Yes. But prior to that, prior you were to that. married to someone else and went through a divorce. Correct. And I did not know this. And I ran into you at a bar and we got to chatting. And I think I had just released the episode. Uh-huh. Yes. And Sarah had messaged me um, a really sweet, wonderful message. And then ran into you guys and you were like, do you know I was divorced? And I was like, no, had no idea. Like, did, wouldn't even imagine or assume that you would be divorced. I don't know what, right? Like we're making judgments when we see, meet people like, mm. oh, yes, could be divorced. You've it's definitely not a, been yeah, divorced. Yeah, right. You've got it all over your face. Yeah. Right, right. But again, again, just one of those. Uh, yeah, I think I like half jokingly suggested. I was like, you know, if you want to do a podcast on it, I'm down. Yeah. And, and I was like, exa- I absolutely want to do that because when I released the episode just recently of me and Ryan splitting up, I got so much feedback. The most feedback I've ever gotten from any episode that I've ever done, including the one with my grandma, Katie, where I got so many messages <laughs> about how, she, she, how she's a star. But so many coming from people that were, were basically just like, thank you so much for talking about this because... I've been through a divorce or I'm going through a really serious breakup and, you know, it was just really helpful to hear someone else's experience again, because just sharing, right. Helps us all feel a little bit less alone and that it is, it's such a difficult thing to, it's so difficult to go through. Like grieving is difficult to go through. Divorce is so similar. And yet it's really just not It's it's the death of a relationship. And, you know, you, that is the thing that you grieve. So to me, it was like if there are so many people out there that are likely going through this hardship and no one's talking about, the least I can do is like, hey, let's just like continue that conversation and have someone else share. Because you heard from me and, you know, my story, but that's just my personal experience. And it's like, I'm sure I would learn and gain a lot from hearing yours. So where does your divorce story start? <laughs> Uh, I with guess a marriage. <laughs> yes, it starts with a marriage. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give uh, you know not the super brief version, but not the longest yeah, version. Yeah, we have of time. This. We're on we, a podcast. We have time. We have so, so much time. Uh, yeah, I I was in the army at the time. Um, I was a lieutenant. Had been in um, you know a few years at that point, and was living in Texas at the time and met who um, Mallory, who is now mm-hmm. my, my ex-wife. And, and we can say their names. We can say their names. She has a whole life on her own. It's, and yeah, it's I, <laughs> I have several people that will like not like want to talk about Ryan to me or, or like mention Ryan. Right. I'm like, we can talk about him. Yeah. And I think it's also similar when someone dies that mm-hmm. no one wants to say their name. Yep. That was like the biggest thing I took away from 
grieving and how I interact with other grieving people is the first thing I do is ask what the person's name was. Yeah. Because it, it just is like this. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I would no, notice I get it. When, when people wouldn't say the name. So, Mallory, yeah, your so, ex-wife. Uh, so, we, wet, or met, we met in, uh, in a training environment in El Paso when we were both living at Fort Bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, late 20s at the time. Okay. Uh, still going pretty hard yeah. out of college. Yeah. Uh, a lot of bars, a lot of drinking yeah, at the time. Yeah, sure. And uh, so, we kind of bonded over that yeah. as people, as young no, people do. No, you said do. like late 20s, and I'm like, yeah. uh, 33. That's yeah, so where for, I am for right reference, now. I'm 42. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, that's so, good to know. Yeah, yeah, so we're talking about uh, 2008. Okay. It was really around 2008. Okay. Yeah, it was when, yep. when all that started. Anyway, so so we had, you know, a few months of, of drinking, partying together. And, oh, yeah. You know, we were both super fit people. She was a Division One swimmer. And, yeah. You know, that a sounds lot of really like good things. a great time. Yeah, she... <laughs> Yeah, she was uh, she was a really good officer and and really good at her job. So yeah. you know we we clicked around a lot of that stuff. Yeah, and and I yeah, think you, yeah, yeah. you can you can have a really good year uh, with with a lot of folks. You know, because yeah. that first year is really a honeymoon phase, and it and it goes well. And if you have a lot of things in common, that'll pretty much carry you through. So yeah, you know, we having had, things in <clears> common <throat> does carry you through. It yeah. does. Yeah. It does, and especially especially one of the, when one of those things in common is you would both move to a new city, oh. and so you you kind of find a security blanket in that. Oh yeah, you're like trauma bonding. With yeah, the it's person. you know it's probably a little bit of codependency right away. Yeah, but uh, it, looking back on it, but so so you know we had the first year, and in about um, I don't know a little a little longer than than a year in, we found out that we were both deploying to Iraq, mm. and so um, we had that year apart in Iraq and I think we were we were both in the country at the same time but we weren't in the same spot and so we were long distance communicating yeah. there and it was like everything else in your life was just kind of a pain in the ass right. and this was this the good part of your day oh so you God. got to talk and so that was the yeah. entire like leading up to like you know almost two and a half years into the relationship mm-hmm. and then we're engaged and you get a bump because you get home from deployment why like, why did you so you Asked her to marry you. What made you right. do that? Like so, so I actually did it um, right before deployment, and I okay. was gonna wait until afterwards. And I, you know, like yeah. I, said, I was a young man in my twenties. Yeah, and no, in the you army felt compelled and, to yeah, do that, right? So, yeah. so we're deploying, and then you know, you ride that year out thinking about planning it when you get back and mm-hmm. we're working on it. So when you get home, you're you're over two years in. You haven't had a bad day yet. Yeah. And then you start planning the wedding and that goes super well. And Right, you're so excited. There's yep. so much to do. Then we get married in October of October of 10 okay. and you know, we we take a honeymoon mm-hmm. and we change cities again. We move to Oklahoma from Texas. And so, you know, you get another bump there because it's the honeymoon phase from your wedding. So now we're all, yeah. we're like th- almost or over 3 years in at this point uh-huh. and we haven't had a bad day. Oh my god. You know? I mean, you fought, right? Uh, barely. Wow. Like okay. we just like, okay. you know, the first year was easy. The second year was a deployment. Then it was wedding and yeah. a whirlwind. And then for the first time, life calmed the fuck down. Yeah. And we kind of settled into routine behaviors. Life got a little bit more normal. Yeah. And it was probably six months into the marriage mm. that I just... As, as clear as day, realize, I'm like, oh, shit, I don't love her. <gasps> I just don't. And it's not, a, it's not a, like a thing, I don't believe, you know? And I was like, you know, so I owe it to her at this point to 
like, let's go to counseling. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> so, so we, we agree to go to counseling and it's, uh, and you hadn't been fighting. There hadn't been, no, I just, I mean, there was like, I, I think there, you know, we, at, at this point we knew when we were in Oklahoma, we were only going to be there for five months and then we were going to be going to whatever city that we got orders to after that. Yeah. And we found out pretty early that was going to be Colorado. Mm-hmm. And so like a month after in, getting into that five month uh, orders to Oklahoma, we flew out to Colorado and we were looking at houses and found a house and we were like, well, we're okay. We know we're going to be moving there. So we buy a house. Yeah, sure. And then, uh, and I think I don't, I may have been feeling something at that point, but okay. then, you know, but it, it's that phase where you're kind of just thinking it to yourself. And I guess for yeah. certain people that could be anywhere from weeks to years. Yeah, there is a phase where you are just thinking about it internally. Yeah, and you don't. And you don't even like with friends. You're, you know. But and and I think for me too, I had this experience of, and maybe this is this is definitely a me thing, where I, I would be thinking about it, like this would be on my mind, but I couldn't recognize it for what it was. Mm-hmm. I couldn't recognize that feeling because it was likely uncomfortable, and I do a really good job of pushing away uncomfortable feelings. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. We, we're good at that. Yeah, and I'm really good at that. <laughs> okay. You, you excel in that, in that yeah, field? I've had, yeah, I think throughout my life I've had, to, I've had a lot of really difficult feelings that I've just had to like do something with. Compartmentalize. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so now... At 33, I get to open up all the boxes that I put the shit in. Start working through it. (laughs) And start moving some things around. Gotta have an emotional yard sale. (laughs) I'm not even selling it. Like, I will give it to you for free. (laughs) Get it the fuck out of here. Yeah, so I I think there were some feelings. Mm -hmm. um, And I knew that, you know, intimacy was sliding. Things like this, you know? Like, you you get the markers. And then uh, once I had kind of started to make the shift in my head of thinking, well, what does it look like if this doesn't work out? Yeah. And then trying to, you do some really messed up things uh, emotionally to yourself and to your partner because you start, or at least with me, I can only speak to myself, like you start withholding affection because you don't want to reinforce. Yeah. You know, and, and that, you know. God, that's a bad place to be. It is. It is because, you know, that person is, if they're blind to the scenario and it's not a thing that they're aware of, and then all of a sudden you start it's being so more cold hurtful. because, yeah, and in, in, in some messed up way, it feels like you're trying to prepare them for it, and that's fucked up. That's not, yeah, that doesn't work. No, but uh, so so all of that kind of led to to us going to counseling, which led to a significantly faster unraveling. Oh, um, we had our initial counseling session and it was more of a meet and greet and deciding you know these are the things that we probably want to talk about and she talked a little bit about her background and the therapist and all these things and so um I forget what it was we couldn't get another appointment for like two weeks and in the span of that two weeks like it clicked for me and I was like this is this is it yeah like I know it's not going to come back this is you made a decision yeah yeah and and I made it and I'm and, and in my thinking and I think still to this day I think I'm right and it doesn't make me a better person it just is the reality of the situation is like this is this is probably the second worst thing I can do is in the marriage and yeah the first would be to stay in and waste her time longer yeah, yeah. and right. so I called the therapist 
I don't know if I ever told anybody this before. <laughs> I, don't, I call a therapist and I say, look, here's what I need from you. I need help. Breaking up with her. Yes. I need help. Oh, my God. That's really, really, a really fucking good idea. Yeah. And I, I, I need you to help to, to, to make this as good as it, it can be. It's going to be ugly, but I, wow. you know. And did you want to do that for her? Yes. Yeah. Cause, yeah, yeah. Because I knew, I knew I was fine. Yeah. Like, I've always been a pretty resilient person. Yeah. When it, but, but, even but, when I, you, but I was also the one making the decision. Right. So it wasn't surprising to me. Right, right. And, <clears throat> you know, you said that you realize you don't love her, but that you still care for her Absolutely. greatly and She's deeply. a good person. Yeah. She's, it, it, this is not uh, very little to do with her. Yeah. You know, and it's just the fact that it wasn't the right relationship for, yeah. for me and ultimately either of us. Right. But uh, so but I... it is I, that interesting feeling, right, of being like, I don't love this person anymore. Mm-hmm. And I need to go, but yep. also like, I like I don't want to hurt you. Yeah, I don't like. It's How little damage me. can I do on the way out it's the door? It's killing me to hurt you. Yeah, yeah. It's a really hard. It's a really hard feeling, and it's one that like I, I don't. Yeah, and I you know ever. No one can describe really how that. Well, because everyone is. talks about the person who is broken up with. Yeah, and that is clearly a painful situation. Yeah. Um, but there is still, you know, the, the guilt and pain on the other side of it. Oh my God. Uh, it's yeah. still super real. Yeah. But so, so I, I talked to the counselor to set this up and to try to work through it. And I said, that's, you know, our, our next session should be geared towards that. And I'm thinking, I don't know how long this is going to take, but that's what I want to work towards yeah. is preparing her and making her see that this is the right call. Yeah. And so <clears throat> the next session we scheduled, uh, we head in, rode together in the same car, went into the appointment, and we're we're two minutes in, and the the counselor I, I forget exactly what the, the question essentially amounted to. She asked point blank, looked at me and said, "Patrick, you have to tell Mallory. Are you willing to work on this?" Yeah, and. I was so taken aback because this flew right in the face of what the fuck we had just talked about to try. And like, we're two minutes into this session and she was like, oh are you willing God. to work with this? And so I'm immediately backed into a corner of, I have two choices. I can one, I can lie. Yeah. And I can say, yep, I'm willing to work on it. And that's obviously the wrong call, Yeah. but it's the easier call. Yeah. And the other choice is I can just say no. And we know in one second that this marriage is over and the post this marriage is over starts right now. Yeah. And so I said, no. Yeah. And the next few hours were an absolute whirlwind. We, that obviously ended the session. Yeah. Right. Uh, You're like, thanks a lot, doc. Yeah. Thanks a lot, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, so she she blew that whole plan wide open. Um, so we had to get in the car mm. to ride back to our apartment together and sparing the... Uh, and she was blindsided. There blindsided, was yeah. Like, yeah. you know, obviously we're in counseling, but I don't think that there was a world that she thought existed where she was going to hear the words, yeah. I'm not willing to work on this yeah. today. Right. And... Yeah, so it set into motion all the things that you would think that that would set into motion. Mm-hmm. Um, really big emotions when when we got back to the apartment, and 
uh, I never slept there again. Oh, wow. So it was like me, my little Volkswagen, and whatever clothes I got into it, and literally one of those shitbag little motels that's like doors open to the outside. Yeah. Like yeah. Shit's Creek, yep. basically. No, yeah. I, yeah. Uh, in, in Lawton, Oklahoma, <laughs> which is not an awesome place. <laughs> But, doesn't uh, sound like it. But yeah, and I spent uh I spent like 3 days in that little shithole thing and I, I but it was fine because I wasn't sober for one moment of those 3 days yeah, because that nope. you know just led to all of the things that didn't follow but Yeah. Yeah, so so to kind of put a bow on on some of that um that was I think early June that that happened yeah. and I ended up getting, I, I rented a furnished apartment for the month and we were leaving there on, I think both of us had orders to leave on June 28th. Mm. And, um, luckily Oklahoma has some weird jurisdictional laws in their in their like marital laws. And so basically they have a fast lane. Okay. And so I filed for divorce on Thursday, like the 24th and it was final on Tuesday, the 28th. Oh, Wow. Like, it was four days. Yeah. And we bought that house. Oh, yeah, the house. So I never lived in it, <laughs> paid for a good bit of it. <laughs> uh, we moved to Colorado on the same day. Oh, my God. Um, I think we maybe spoke once or twice after we moved there. Okay. She lived in the house. I got an apartment. I was just, you know, and, you know, so we both moved to the city and lived our separate lives. And the ironic part of the whole thing is... Um, I only had orders to Colorado because Mallory was accepted into this really difficult program. She was in the space and missile mm. defense program. And so she basically like drug me yeah. with orders to Colorado. And then uh, we got divorced and I already had the orders. So when I got there, and I only because of that yeah. marriage, if uh -huh. I didn't get married to her, I never would have been to Colorado. And that's where I met Sarah. Yeah, yeah. So literally That's the only reason that I ever met Sarah is because I got married for 10 months. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think we said maybe off air before we started that uh, I think it was, it was a little like a, a little over four years altogether, but the yeah. marriage itself was 10 months, which yeah. obviously is super short, but I am a big believer in tear the bandaid off. And the moment you know something, you've got to go with it. Because no, I you're think, right. You know, that, could, that could have been a three-year marriage. Yeah. And it could have ended really, you know, worse yeah. or whatever, yeah. but <clears throat> no, you're right. I think that is the best way to do it, but it is like you said, really hard. And, and you <laughs> are, I think a particularly strong of strong mental fortitude. Right. And so I think, yeah, yes, well. I'm going to say yes. And so, you know, I think that lends itself to you being able to get there sooner, but not everyone can do that. No, it's so, hard. Yeah, it is hard. But, uh, you know, I, and I, I, it certainly wasn't easy for me. Um, yeah, I was going to say, know, what was like, it like? Fall, post. Like, yeah. What, what were you feeling? What did you kind of go through? Post was rough. Um, there was, you know, and, I, and, and, you know, full disclosure, I, at that point in my life, I didn't need a reason to drink. Yeah. Like, if right. I was awake, I was probably thinking about drinking at that time. And I basically used that to feed that yeah and it turned into a lot of drinking a lot of going out um you know it's the first time i had been single in, in yeah. years and i yeah. just moved to a new city what i'm r super thankful for 
is that there was no tender. Oh, yeah. So I have n- never and will never uh, <laughs> no. be a single person Good again. Yeah. And I'm ecstatic that I never experienced that because I got to be honest, it seems like a nightmare. Yeah. No, I I had Tinder for like a month before I started dating Ryan. Mm-hmm. And so I got like, I mean, I never met anyone from it or whatever, mm-hmm. but like would chat. And so I got like a tiny taste, but... For people that are on dating apps and who choose to do that, and I get why you do it, and people have success, but it is hard work. Yeah. So, like, this is just a fucking shout out. Anyone on a dating app you are seen, I understand (laughs) that it's fucking hard. And good for you for, like, putting in the work if it's something that you want to, like, be committed to and and have because it's a lot. Yeah. It's a full-time job. I, I may not, you know, have have a direct connection to that, but but you know, with with Sarah and I running the gym, we have a lot of young people at the gym and a lot of young single people at the gym, yeah. and you know, these are people that I've known for years, so I know them well, and I know them as as friends and and personally, yeah. and and so just just being a casual observer to you know fifty people's dating lives over the last years, I'm like, it's tough, and it's yeah. it's man. I don't know. But I, also I think it not, makes but, it super hard. Yeah, okay. But also not impossible. And there are so many great, amazing people in this city. And, you know, you can de- absolutely find someone. I don't want people to walk away being like, oh my God, I'm on a dating app and I'm never going to find anyone. <laughs> you can. I know people that have. Or find them organically being at. Like, it happens. It absolutely. Happens. Like, divorce was the best thing that ever happened. Like, <laughs> as far as, like, I have a uh, a business now. My My wife, Sarah, out of it, which is obviously you know, the kind of just the cherry on top of the yeah. whole thing. And yeah. I'm, I'm just a, a firm believer in if you feel like your relationship is not the one, then you take steps to find out, you know, like really be sure. And if it's not, then, then you have to move on and it doesn't yeah. make that a failure. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't think relationships that end are all failures. Like things yeah. run their course. Yeah. And that's how I feel. You know, you have, you have like, I think what, eight years, Yeah. you know, and you have so many memories and so many, yeah. And uh, we, you know, we started dating when we were 24 mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of like growing up mm-hmm. that happens from yeah. your early twenties to if, your if, mid-30s. If you, if you end a relationship and decide you're going to hate that person, then you're in a, in a, in a difficult situation of like, but there's so many good memories yeah. and, and, and you want to feel those. And yeah. I think it's, it's tough if if you feel like you need to be angry at that person. And yeah. it's like, that's a chapter in your life. It doesn't mean it was a failure. And no. hopefully you learned something from it. You had some good things and you're ready to go on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. And that's how I view it now. But at first, when I was first going through, and ours was somewhat longer of a process than mm-hmm. like that one question within four at like whatever, like ours, um, I would say it was probably like a couple weeks mm-hmm. of you know, kind of back and forth and conversations and a lot of vulnerability, a lot of crying, a lot of, uh, honesty that hadn't been there. Um, and so I, I was feeling like I failed at it. Like I, like this is something that I failed at and Ryan was feeling the same way. And we actually had to have a conversation with each other of like, I am telling you that you didn't fail in any way. And I'm the other person in this relationship. And Mm -hmm. he's saying the same thing back to me. And I'm like, we have to, absolve ourselves of this you know like we Mm -hmm. 
we both are in the same place. Like we have to move past that thought. And he was like, no, you're right. We do. And, and so I don't, I don't think of it that way anymore. No, I think, I think that, you know, you, you have to, to love the relationship for what it was. And yeah. it's a, it's a time in your life and it's a chapter. And yeah, the only thing that I said to him was, you know, for, for both of us, we, we both made the decision to not try to really work at it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yes, we did. So I'm like, you know, like that of, yeah. that this just like, you know, we were, we're both not willing to put the work in, which was fair. Well, where, I where think there's, I think from. there's unwilling to put the work in, in, in that negative connotation that you can apply it in, in all things. And I think there's realizing that the work is futile. Yeah. That it, it would be a sunk cost at that right. point. Right. Exactly. And, exactly. And in that case, it's the right call. Yeah. It, no, it, it absolutely is. I mean, yeah, for me at least, but, um, so yeah, how long, do, some... how long did that, how long did that phase last for you? That I felt like it was a failure? No, the, the, when you, when you think you knew. Um, three years. Okay. But I di- but, but looking back again, like those feelings that I was mm. having, I didn't at the time recognize what it was. Gotcha. So it started. Yeah. But I, I was going through the loss of my of brother, brother at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I think I, I it was having a really hard time for me to like process and separate like a lot of things in my life, you know? It's a pretty messy time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so yeah, but you never thought of it as a failure. You never had that feeling. Um, I think... And if not, that's fine. I, I think I... More than anything, I, I think the, the, the biggest regret I had out of it was the pain that, that it caused. Mm. And, but, I, but I don't think I... Like, I, didn't, I didn't have it last any time longer than I knew. You know, mm-hmm. So there was no time before that where I think I could have thrown the brakes on. But uh, I think uh, I think you know she she is now married and has a couple of children. Yeah, and I'm sure that if you ask her, she would probably say that it was a great thing that happened to her too. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe not. I don't want to speak for her. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. you know. But the point is, is is it's it's turned her life around too. And right. I I just don't think people need to to bear that that burden of feeling like a failure on top of having a relationship end. Like, no, you're it's right. enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're totally right. You're totally right. Did you have any shame or experience any shame? Um there there was there was some embarrassment mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, we we had a wedding 10 months before that yeah. in a city, you know, we ha- we got married here. Mm-hmm. And neither one of us lived here, but she had ties here and my family was here, so we decided and it was like you had people fly in for the wedding and we yeah. had a whole thing. And 10 months later, it's Oh, just kidding. You know, is essentially what it seems like from the outside. But I felt like I couldn't, I couldn't allow, like just when you were saying before is this is a decision between the two of you because mm-hmm. I can't allow any, the way anybody's going to look at me to affect this because yeah. this is our lives yeah. and you know, it, people can think what they think, but yeah. you still have to do what you think is right. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I initially felt some shame and then that quickly dissolved to mm-hmm. that, that exact feeling of like, you know what? 
I'm happy. So I don't care what anyone else thinks about me mm-hmm. because I know I'm happy. Yeah. It, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to take it too, like you don't want to be too cerebral about it and be too cold about it. It's a relationship and there are feelings involved, but if you can step back a little bit and, and look at it, like you make any decision, like what is the net cost or, or add of the decision? And in this yeah. case, it's, it's a positive. So in this, in this world we're talking about no matter the pain of it and whatever it's a it's a good decision and you made the right call so yeah do you think that there is like when you started dating again like were do you think there was a a stigma around oh this person's been divorced or do you think in in our general society that that exists um i think i didn't feel it as a man to be honest um i don't think i you know i was a 30 you know in my early 30s as a military officer and i think uh, there's probably some, some well-earned stereotypes and some, mm-hmm. you know, with, with that. So I, I don't think, I know I didn't feel a stigma yeah. with it, but you know, that could also just be me not, <laughs> not caring yeah. as much, but, right. Uh, no, but, but I think that I did think that there was like a stigma around uh-huh. it or, or it did have a feeling, but then since talking about it and hearing people's responses and then just talking to other people who have gone through divorce. And there are a lot of people that I know. Mm-hmm. And, um, so, so now I'm just kind of like, no, this is, this is not something that we need to like be ashamed of talking about so what, or like addressing or, you know, feeling when we're out in the world. It's just, it's just not. Did you have any exposure to divorces as, as a child? Yes. Everyone, every, my mom, my aunt, my grandma, everyone was divorced. So how, like, I guess growing up uh, when you were younger, how did you view it? Yeah, no, I viewed it as a bad thing for sure as a kid. Mm-hmm. But, I'm, but, but and I guess there's, there's a difference too. Wow, even more so of like divorcing with children has oh, to be yeah. I... the, uh, one of the absolute hardest things. Yeah, I'll just say I can't imagine that. I, not, not having children, I, I just can't imagine it, and I don't think. Wow. I think I'm just, like, fully feeling the weight of what that experience would be like. And not being able to yeah, fully Yeah, because, you know, as an adult, you, you want to think, and I'm sure every set of parents that have, you know, that are reasonable people that have gotten a divorce for perfectly reasonable reasons that have kids think, okay, we can explain them to this, or explain this to them rationally and tell them, we are leaving each other, not you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But kids don't see it that way. Yeah, you know, and I, I Divor- kids. Yeah, and really I, I didn't kids. experience that. My parents are still together. Um, I just remember, you know, I grew up in a really small town, and I think mm-hmm. that, you know, it was a pretty rare occurrence uh, mm. where I was originally okay. from. It just okay. wasn't a thing. You know, all of my friends' parents, I think, were were generally with their uh, biological yeah. parents, and uh, so when when I like got a little bit older and went to like middle school and then high school. And we blended with the kids who were not from the country where I was from. And it was like, all of a sudden these kids' parents are divorced and they've had these different experiences. And it was, it was almost like in a weird way, almost felt like a a kind of a sheltered thing. Mm. But I grew up, uh, I grew up like just not really being exposed to it until I was already through like most formative years. And then so to do it, like there was, there was a little, like I said, just a little bit of shame and mm-hmm. and whatever with that. But you know, I I, I think I quickly was was able to understand yeah. The, yeah. and rest on it being the right call. Yeah, 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 
Me too. But it is just interesting how it shows up there. Yes. <laughs> um, can we talk a little bit about the idea of love shifting or love ending? It's a concept that I'm really interested in because, you know, we were talking about this before. I can remember the st- how I felt at the start of my relationship. Like I did, fir- I was so in love and I firmly believed that this was the person I want to spend the rest of my life with. And I knew all of that to be true. Like I can remember knowing that I thought that this mm-hmm. was true. And then one day it wasn't. And like how did, like what happens from point A to point B? And this, we're not going to, we don't have, there's no right answer, right? Yeah. I'm just interested to hear what you think. How it shifts. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, first, let me just let me just first answer with I don't know. Right. But because uh, <laughs> it, it is such a weird thing to experience. So yeah. So how um, how many like multiple year relationships have you had in your life? Two. And so you do you feel like not necessarily over the same timeline or maybe even with the same intensity, but it's the same general shift from being in love to no longer being in love. Yes. I, it's just, I just, like, how does it, I just feel like. So do you, so, so I guess if if we want to talk about it, you know, do you fall out of love with who you had made that person out to be? Or do you fall out of love with who that person is? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess a, there are yeah, some things complex. that you can be cool with in the beginning that eventually become a little too much. Yeah. Or you were maybe filling in the gaps yeah. for a while, and then you can only right. do that for so long. Right, 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 exactly. Yeah. And so it just it, it really is just this gradual, you don't even notice it happening sort of thing. No, you definitely don't know when you fell in love. Yeah. Because it's probably, you know, I mean... I don't. I, that's a really tough thing to quantify, You're but right. I think I think it happens super fast. Yeah, I think generally, if you allow yourself and you decide, I think this person is someone that I may really like. Like it starts then, whether you want it to or not. Yeah, you're not in charge at that point. The moment you, the moment you allow yourself to see someone as a potential, like the feelings are rolling at that yeah. point. You know. Yeah. And throw in a couple of good dates or whatever and then that Mm -hmm. starts to just snowball and then all of a sudden like this person can do no wrong and you start picturing and yeah Yeah. and I think that's you know then you're in love with that person yeah and then finding I don't know finding second gear is the hard part yeah it's almost like um yeah it's it's falling in love with the projection the idea the future talk of this person or it's you're you are consciously falling in love with them every day, or you're mm-hmm. consciously deciding like, okay, this is what I love. This is day to day versus a projection. Yes. So um, this is this is where I will take a moment to talk about my current relationship. No, I, I would uh, I would love for you to and, because and why I know. Yeah, I was going to ask. Yeah. Um, so I think to to all the. I don't know, whoever may be listening that's cynical on the whole deal. I was a pretty cynical person. <laughs> Am, was, whatever. Uh, but but specifically coming out of, of the divorce and 
had some, you know, at the time I was in my thirties, I'm like, I'm not a 20 years old anymore. I've yeah. got some, some concrete beliefs in anyone, you know, as you get older, you obviously look back at yourself all the time and you're like, you didn't know shit. Right. Exactly. But, but the point is I, I had some things that I thought were foundational beliefs about love in my limited experience with yep. it. And, you know, I have heard my entire life that people talk about, oh, there's a honeymoon phase and then you settle in and whatever. And I think I always bought into that. It's like, okay, you got to find somebody that you're okay settling in with. And I no longer believe that's true. What do you Um, believe to be true? I think... And and I'm sure you could probably have any number of older couples who've been together for a long time, and they would say, well, of course this is true. Yeah. But as a person who's learning it for the first time, it's a pretty awesome thing, is like Sarah and I have literally gotten better every year that we've been together. Yeah. And it's it's just a thing that grows. And, um, you know, we, we talked a little bit before we started here about having to work at a relationship, yeah. it's like it's not always going to be easy. You're going to have to work at it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not going to say that that we have been perfect since day one, but it's been pretty damn close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think it's because we talk a lot. Yeah. You have to talk. We talk to each other All a the lot. time. We sit in the kitchen and we just talk. There'll be music ever. And, you know, because... People who are listening don't know this. You know this. Sarah and I spend more time together than probably any two people should because we live in a small house together. You live in a tiny house. Five blocks. Uh, it's like 580 square feet, yeah. three stories. It's basically just bedrooms, bathrooms, and a kitchen. Yep. Uh, we work most days all day together yeah. at the gym. She's running the business now that I started. and you know, But uh, through all of that, like our relationship has just grown. And I don't think either of us are naive enough to think that there may not be, you know, harder times ahead that everybody has is, you know, we've got a lot of years left together, but, um, I think work at a relationship is not forcing yourself to do things for people and whatever work at a relationship is sitting down and talking and having that relationship with people. So, so Sarah and I probably work on our relationship every day. Right. It just doesn't feel like work. We No, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, exactly. we work out together. We yeah. we do whatever and then like I don't want to get too far off the rails, but uh but a relationship you know, I think is a lot of work, but if it feels like a lot of work, I don't know. Yeah. I, but I, you know, I I just think the work is every day. Totally. Yeah, it is, for sure. Um I I think that the thing that might feel like work is that a lot of times, at least in my experience, the conversations, like the, they're, it can be uncomfortable, right? Or it, sure. You know, you know what I mean? And so... We can't escape your partner. You're like, we're no. going to have an uncomfortable conversation and then we're both just going to be sitting here. Yeah. No, right. But <laughs> I mean, it might say something too to like you, you two and your u- unique relationship and the ability that you guys have to communicate mm. with each other. Um, but you know, at least for me, yeah, it's some, you know, it's uncomfortable to have those conversations. So the work is, Hey, guess what? You have to sit in your discomfort for a little bit Mm -hmm. and along with someone else. And so, you know, that, that to me is like, okay, that, that's the work of it. It's not necessarily that it's more like my work, right? It's not, it's not like 
this is a lot of work because of a thing this person is doing and it's annoying mm-hmm. me. It's like, no, I'm being faced with triggers or or whatever it is that I need to like reflect and do more work. It's like the, the relationship really becomes a mirror. Right? Do you think you, um, moving forward, do you think you knew, now have the tools to maybe have those harder conversations in the moment? Um, yeah, I do. I do think that. I think I've learned a lot about just myself, more so about myself that allows me to communicate better with other people or kind of show up better for other people or different, not better, mm-hmm. or worse, just different into going to my next relationship that I didn't really have honed and crafted kind of, you know, at the start of my relationship with mm-hmm. Ryan. So, yeah. I think I, I rambled on past your question before about the love switching. No, I think but, we, I think we yeah, did it. It was, uh, no, I think you did it. I like that little twist turn too to to talk about your current relationship and like life. There's life after divorce, right? It's not totally. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's not. I, 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 I d- yeah, I think I think yeah. we can we can uh, go that direction now. Is is that divorce is a chapter, and yeah. you know if and not to say that you need to 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 fake it and to smile afterwards when you're going to go through some hard times. You are, but realizing that. It's not yeah. a failure. You don't mm-hmm. need to feel shame and that you, you can just go on with your life and, and there is somebody out there. There are a bunch yeah. of people out there. Yeah. That's, there's life on the, there's, yeah, there there's a lot of different paths to a lot of different lives on the other side that you don't even know exist yet. Yeah. And I think it starts with be honest with yourself and be willing to be willing to have the difficult conversations early Yeah, because they just get bigger. Yeah. That's totally true. Anything else that you have thought about or, you know, kind of contributed to the experience you had with divorce? I think it's a, I mean, the last thing you, I think you could talk about is the having to deal with the fallout mm. of mutual friends. Oh, yeah. Family that's, members who are used to seeing people. Oh, that's a really and good tying point. tying those loose ends up. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. I you mean, know, that's, who gets the friends because it, you that's know, still, that's, so like that is, I, 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 that's still some, I mean, I'm in like the fucking thick of that right now, <laughs> so I can't even speak to it, but tell me about your experience. Uh, so in a, in just a, a quick back to when, when, um, when Mallory and I were going through it, uh, we were also in the same course together in the army mm. with like 60 people that we all knew mm. and we had another month of being in class together every day oh that's fun yeah so it was like literally dividing the classes in half basically and who's going to be friends with who and whatever. oh my god i kind of i kind of went the way of uh i'll just shut everybody out and you can because <laughs> i'm the one who's leaving so but yeah. but no with with family and stuff it was a unique situation for me because we were all long distance you know her family lived in a different city mm. i lived in a different city my family so like it was, I think, I think there's at least, maybe it's my sister that I want to say the last time she saw Mallory was at the wedding. Oh yeah. Okay. And it was like wedding. Yeah. Never again. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So you don't have to deal too much with family. No, so. I got off light on that one for sure. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a thing, like you said, that you're, you're probably in the thick of right R- now. Right. Yeah, it is. It's- that's my bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's tough. 
you got to pretty much start, you, even though you were in the same city, you just got to like start a whole new life over, like a whole new life. Yeah, it was crazy blank yeah. slate. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, obviously like nothing much changes in my day to day. So I don't know. We're just trying to, <laughs> the, the good thing about, the good thing about this is for me. It's, it's right now, Chrissy's like, I should have got a local divorcee. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, uh, that but Ryan and I are very amicable mm-hmm. and in touch quite frequently. And um, it, there, there's not this, no one's out to like get the other or like, mm-hmm. you know, and I can see that happening too. If the breakup was bad and messy or whatever, then maybe you kind of have some, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think there are two know, very different kinds of breakups there. I think yes. there are eventual ends and there are event breakups. Mm. And, you know, I, those event breakups, then I think, can tend to be a little bit more. Yep, exactly. Yeah, like something crazy happens yeah. or something. Yeah, right. No, we get it. <laughs> I don't need to give examples of what those could be. We're I'm all sure set. if anyone's listening who's lived it, you know what we're talking about. I'll report back on how it goes. <laughs> Fair enough. The post-divorce fallout. They should have like a word for that or something. There's got to be a book. I don't know. I did just tell my boss last week. So that was like a conversation. Yeah, they're that, second and third order effects now. Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, it seems like it's something you don't... I didn't want to talk to my VP about. It's especially my VP. He's married to his high school sweetheart. They've mm-hmm. been married for 30 years. He loves his wife so much. Like, that's a... Like, I know how much he loves his wife and I work for him. And yep. like that, you know, like, he loves it's his aware. wife. And so I have to... That you know, I had a little my internal chatter going on. He's incredibly supportive and an amazing leader, like one of the best I've ever worked under. Uh, so he was fantastic about it. I mean, he was literally like, "This is really hard. Like, if you need to take time, take time. Like, you know, we're here for you. Like, whatever you need. Like, I mean, he was great, but not everyone may have a supportive." system like that and it's just like god do i have to tell them but like yes because when i change my name then that's gonna come up and like also this is a huge life event and i trust my leadership and they need to know what's going on with like but i didn't want to tell him too early because i didn't want to think that i didn't want him to think i was disengaged at work so i waited Mm -hmm. three months to tell him then to be like it's good now though you know instead of like when i was severely suffering to go and tell them that. Yeah, that's so maybe maybe that's the uh, that's the side of this story is everyone gets the everyone gets the other person's side of the story so much because that's generally regarded as the more painful one. But you're like, now I have to notify and yeah, yeah, those like little like weird things that no one talks about doing that are hard conversations to have. The, it's the administrative side of it. It's, yeah, it and it's like all that very similarly related to death when you have to do. All of this like bullshit stuff, like closing down LLCs and like, blah, 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 like mm-hmm. whatever administrative that like picking out the urn, like who the fuck wants to do that? Yeah. Do, have you started to get the questions yet of like, are you dating? Are you like the, no. will you ever get married again? Were you, like, oh yeah. I've gotten, will you ever get married again? Do you think you ever get married? I'm like, I don't fucking know. Maybe give me a moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give me one second. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, I will. I will just say that um, I think to 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 just kind of be positive out of it is is coming out of it. You always feel 
like some type of way about getting into a new relationship again and being serious and full disclosure, like Sarah and I started dating and I was leaving there. I knew I was moving to New York and I was dead set that I wasn't going to take anybody with me. And, and Sarah and I broke up and, yeah. uh, I had completely convinced myself, this is not what I want. I'm not in a place in my life yep. and I'm definitely don't want to move with someone. And, uh, luckily, uh, after I had enough time to, to think about it and realize I'm like, this is, this is, this is the actual mistake here that, that I would be making and realizing that all of those, like the headspace that I was in post divorce was almost enough for me to pass up an opportunity that turned into yeah, Sarah. Right. So I think it's, I think it's important just to kind of, to, to put a bow on that is, you can get caught up in feeling the shame and you can yeah. get caught up in feeling the guilt and feeling like a failure mm-hmm. and spending time with that and cause yourself to miss out on things. Yeah. Like, like I almost did. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's a good, that's a good way to wrap it up. Totally. That's really great. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, for sure. I hope it. I didn't just ramble too much, but no, no, I think it was really great. It, it's, yeah, it just got me thinking about a lot. And that's the Good. point of these types of conversations. So I thank you for sharing. And yeah, thanks um, for having me. Yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, share to your socials. Let me know uh, if it resonated with you, how you're feeling. Send it to anyone that might need to hear it. Thanks so much. Love you. 